This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Happy holidays, Houston. It's a Reaction Monday on Sports Radio 610. In for Payne and Pendergast, here's Sports Radio 610.com's Sean Bajani and our senior Texans columnist, John McClain. Davis gets the snap, looking, stepping to his left. Mills throwing to the end zone. Caught by Brandon Cooks. Touchdown, Houston. Flag is down, but the Texans take the lead. Here's Willis getting the snap. He launches it deep. And it's picked off. Petrie takes the ball down at the four-yard line, and that's it. The Texans win. They defeat the Tennessee Titans 19-14 on Christmas Eve, breaking a nine-game losing streak. Boy, it's good to hear Mark Vandermeer excited. It's happened twice this year. Glad he got to call one on Christmas Eve. Sean Bajani and John McLean presented by Horn Solutions in for Payne and Pendergast this morning and tomorrow. Hope everybody had a great Christmas. Merry Christmas, John. Merry Christmas to you, Sean, and your family and listeners, everybody. Hope everybody had a great Christmas. I always do. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know what? It was even better this year because it actually felt like Christmas. A little cold. Maybe a little too cold for some. I was Never too cold on Christmas. I always hate it <laughs> when you can go outside in shorts on Christmas. There's so many things going on around the city and around the area that are Christmas-related. And when you attend them and it's cold, it's just more like it. Asking for snow is a little too much, but... Uh, I know when Santa came on his sleigh that he got a big kick out of having all that cool weather in Houston. Okay, now it's over with. It's getting back up into the 70s this week. Yeah, I saw that. Shorts weather. <laughs> I'm excited about that. I was actually still in shorts yesterday. Were you really? <laughs> yeah, I was. Did you go out in public? Uh, no, you know, it was just back and forth between my house and my father-in-law's, who's like a par five away from me. So I was going from one warm environment to the other. Yeah, so I, I don't didn't really, blame you. I didn't worry too much about that. Shorts and flip-flops, you can't beat it. That's either. the perfect weather. The, <laughs> the best weather in the country I've ever been in is San Diego. Because even in the summer, it gets cool in the afternoons, and, and the typical attire is shorts and a pullover. Yeah, that's my that's my dream is to have shorts and a pullover. It's never it's never cool enough here for both. You look kind of stupid. But uh, that first time I went to San Diego and saw that weather and was out for practice with the Chargers and the Oilers. Yeah, I thought no wonder people think this is God's country. <laughs> He's John McLean, presented by Horn Solutions. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation at any point today, you can dial us up seven one three. Five seven two four six ten five seven two four six ten. You can call or text the trailer wheel and frame text line. So you heard the highlights there: the Brandon Cooks touchdown, the Jalen Petrie interception. Um, I should mention. I, I I'll have to play this later on, but the Christian Harris interception too. Those two picks on the final two uh, Tennessee Titan possessions by the Texans to help seal that nineteen fourteen win. 
Boy, it was good to see those two guys, particularly John, um, Christian Harris and Petrie. Harris has been playing much better football here in the last two or three weeks, led the team in tackles last week. Petrie, I feel like the last month, he's really kind of come on strong, playing better football, better tackler, and just being in a better spot. Moving to free safeties kind of made all the difference to him. And it was interesting because when he played that position in Baylor, he wasn't very good. And mm-hmm. Dave Aranda came in and their defense coordinator, Rich Roberts, and they moved him to what they call a star position, which is a hybrid safety linebacker That's where right. he played around the line of scrimmage. Yeah. He would blitz. He was a great tackler. He didn't miss tackles. And he was defensive player of the year in the Big 12. And then when he played that here, he was missing a lot of tackles. And mainly, wasn't it, he got bowled over. He was taking bad angles. Maybe it was because he was going backward a lot. Mm-hmm. But having you can't beat having everything in front of him. Yeah. You can't beat playing zone at safety where you're just watching the whole field and you can break on the ball. And uh, him and Harris and, of course, Damian Pierce is done for the year. And even Stingley, people tried to act like Stingley didn't play well. He played well within the parameters of his own defense. He didn't give up a touchdown. And uh, I think that Stingley is going to be really good. This rookie class, it bodes well for what's coming. Right now, Nick Casario has 11 picks in his next draft, including two ones. Deshaun Watson did his share yesterday, throwing an interception when they lost the game at Cleveland to, to help the draft choice. Mm-hmm. And so I feel good about what's coming with Casario's third draft based on what I've seen in the second. And even the first one, you know, all those guys got off to slow starts. And after we had such high hopes for Davis Mills, and then Nico Collins, he's gotten hurt again. You know, it bothers me. They're legitimate injuries. But when guys are hurt their first two years, you better get somebody. Not not that you get rid of them, right. but they still need a big-time wide receiver. It's a great draft for it. Yeah. Another deep and talented draft. And it seems to be every year with the receivers. Roy Lopez has come on the last month. You know, he struggled and got replaced. Yeah, good call. That's another good call. I feel like people forget about him. I'm wondering about Garrett Wallow. Mm-hmm. He's strictly special teams, but people had high ups for him early. But I think they should be fired up about Casario's first two drafts. It's going to be a fun offseason. Free agency. Yeah. I don't know what Nick's going to do, but he's going to have the money well. to spend some money for the first time on a couple of players. For need positions. Yeah, you're talking about what's to come. You don't know what Nick's going to do. We're going to talk a lot about that today. I mean, that's always a question. And every game that passes, you know, there are more and more questions. And I know a lot of people were freaking out about the Texans winning and possibly jeopardizing their statuses, uh, owning that number one overall pick. We'll talk about that. But, you know, just to kind of look back at this game, too, you know, with the Texans beating the Titans the way that they did, they make life a lot more difficult on Tennessee going forward. Um, and more interesting for all of us, but particularly the Jags, John, as those two are tied atop the AFC South now, both 7-8. and eight. They'll battle each other for the division crown in the regular season finale. The Titans, they'd blown a four-game lead. It's crazy. It's evaporated like that, I feel like, in the last month, and now they've lost five straight. Their longest losing streak since 2015. Week 17 does not matter for both of these teams. How cool is that? that you're going to wait a couple weeks to see a winner-go-home situation with these two guys. Jacksonville's won three in a row for the first time since 2017, the last year they won a playoff game. Tennessee, once Ryan Tannehill suffered an ankle injury, Mm -hmm. he 
He was in and out of the lineup, but he was not the same. Running that play action where he fakes it to Derrick Henry and rolls out and throws on the run, he just couldn't do it. Now, of course, he's done for the season. Last year when the Titans won up there, he threw four interceptions. So their last two games in Nashville, they've won and the defense intercepted six passes and forced seven turnovers. And Malik Willis is not ready to play. He's just not. And I don't know if he ever will, but he's a runner. And they didn't take really good advantage of it, except on that 14-yard touchdown run, but he just can't throw the ball accurately. And it's hard to win. It wouldn't surprise me to lose Dallas, lose to Jacksonville, lose out. People wonder if Mike Vrabel's job's in jeopardy after Amy Adams Strunk fired general manager John Robinson. Mm-hmm. And I tell him no. If somehow Vrabel got fired, he'd get a job so fast, people's heads would be spinning. People understand. You know, he had he had – Four starting offensive linemen out of that game yesterday. Yeah. And Derek, being a, it's so funny, Derek Henry gets, what, 123 yards, and we act like they shut him down. <laughs> and, and other than that 48-yard touchdown run, they did he a averaged 3.5 yards on his other 22 carries. Yeah. And they didn't get beat up like they did. Their offensive line, to be able to do what they did at left guard, Kenyon Green didn't play. And so he started Titus Howard again, out with a concussion. Then here comes Jimmy Morrissey, who was a center last year. He plays out with a concussion. Then here comes Justin McRae. He really wasn't supposed to play. He was questionable. And they did not let Jeffrey Simmons dominate them like he did in that first game. So I was happy for Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton and Frank Ross and the position coaches because – you know, they want to win. They want to win out. They don't care about the number one pick. And so, the, you know, the question is, they can beat Jacksonville. They've beaten Jacksonville nine in a row. And even though the Jaguars are hot, the Texans kind of are too. And then they, they could beat Indy because Indy's awful. About to start Nick Foles. And um, so, you know, would people want him to win out and end up with like the fourth pick? Or yeah. Personally, I'd rather see him keep the first one. Yes. But at least it's made this interesting. The play against the Cowboys and the Chiefs and then the victory over the Titans has made the end of the season interesting. It absolutely has. Again, it gets more and more interesting, I feel like, every single year, the final two or three weeks of an NFL regular season. There is just drama on top of drama. And we'll talk about a lot of it coming up throughout the show. We've got you until 8. Texans Radio is going to take over at that point in time. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris, D.P. Cedar, the whole crew. You're going to be on Texans Radio as well, John. 8.30 every Monday morning. So we're looking forward to that. Don't uh, don't don't waste all the good stuff, okay? Save some for Texans Radio, but I'm going to try to pry a lot of it out of you, okay? I got all the good stuff for you. <laughs> He's John McClain, presented by Horn Solutions. Catch him on Twitter, at John McClain, uh, or at McClain. Uh, on NFL, at Sean Bajani for myself. If you'd like to be a part of the show, 713-572-4610. You can call or text the trailer wheel and frame text line. Biggest takeaways from the game this past weekend. Also, should the Texans win this past weekend actually be concerning? We'll talk about it next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Happy holidays, Houston. It's a Reaction Monday on Sports Radio 610. In for Payne and Pendergast, here's Sports Radio 610.com's Sean Bajani and our senior Texans columnist, John McClain. Good morning, everybody. It's Sports Radio 610. Sean Bajani and John McClain presented by Horn Solutions. In for Payne and Pendergast this morning. John McClain, you can catch his work at SportsRadio610.com as well as Galleriesports.com. Does fantastic stuff. You're writing seven days a week, John, and you do fantastic work. Thank make sure you, Sean. People, uh, check your stuff out as well. Hey, look, you know we didn't really get to a lot of this. Um, and we're going to talk plenty more about what this win actually means for the organization going forward, certainly what it could mean uh, if certain things break the way that they could with all these crazy scenarios over the next couple of weeks. But your biggest takeaway from the game, I had a few. I'm kind of interested to know like what really kind of made you sit back in your chair and think a little bit after the win against the Titans on Saturday. Well, I think they need a, a new quarterback, a franchise quarterback, that's why I want them to have the first pick. And people say, well, Chicago gets it. They don't need a quarterback. Yeah, well, some team that does could trade and get Bryce Young. Or say Nick Casario wanted C.J. Stroud, or he decides he wants Will Levis. You know, you want to have a choice. And, um, and, but by winning that game, you know, it, it took a lot of pressure off people, not because their jobs aren't still in jeopardy. I think they are. Uh, I think if Lovey loses out, he's going to be gone. I don't think the McNair family wants to fire him. I don't know what Casario thinks. Ultimately, he'll make the decision, and the McNairs will sign off on it, whatever he decides, I believe. But if they win out where they win their last three, plus they came so close against Dallas and Kansas City, um, it makes me wonder you know, what's happened. At this time of year, the bad teams get worse. Mm-hmm. Because they're beaten down, they've got the engines running in the parking lot, and I think it says a lot about Lovey and his staff. They get to get these guys in position to at least make it interesting. There were several games shot, and go back to the first one against the Colts when they led twenty-three in the fourth quarter, 
where they led or they were within a touchdown in the fourth quarter to they could have won a few more games. Now, I never thought they were good enough to do it because they don't have a lot of talent. Most of the talent they have is young. Mm-hmm. But on the last two scoring drives, Mills was 9-9. Nine nine. And and those on the last scoring drive, when he put the bullets to Chris Moore and Amari Rogers, perfect throws, you wonder why has he not done more than this? And in the first half, in third quarter, he was awful, just awful. Yeah, he yeah. made me think, too bad Kyle Allen's inactive. And then all <laughs> of a sudden, he turned around. And I think the most important thing they have to have next year is a, an experienced play caller and coordinator. But if Lovey is back, does a good guy in that position want to come here knowing it could be fired? So I think it's going to be hard but it's going to be interesting. And the team wants to win the last two games. They, the players don't care about the draft. The coaches don't care about the draft. And Casario wants to win. It's kind of like the fruits of his labor. All these players he's brought in here, the revolving door, the last two years, he wants to see it come to fruition. And if they do, even though it might end up that they're like with a fourth or fifth pick, it still would get people more excited about next season. Oh, it would. Yeah, it would. Uh, you want that number one overall pick. And, you know, look, the <laughs> the, the scenarios that, that do exist, you know, you mentioned if the Texans went out, what that could mean certainly for the number one overall draft status, what that could mean in terms of Lovey Smith's, um, you know, future here with the organization. I feel like people have been out on Lovey Smith uh, for much of the season. And maybe rightfully so. Yes. I, I don't know if, if you're there. May be a lot of people like me too, where I kind of I'm looking at this as all kind of a part of the plan. You know, whether you agree with it or not, in terms of the structure that I never thought Lovey was long for the job. But if you're going to draft a quarterback number one overall, it's a very difficult thing to have a defensive minded coach in a situation like Lovey is to come in and be the guy that is over the development of a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud or a Levis or whoever it's going to be, John. It's going to be one of those. And I just I think they're going to go in a different direction. Maybe it doesn't have to be somebody young and innovative, you know, in their 30s, but that's kind of the way that everything's trending now, so I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. I think one of the dumbest things in the world is to hire a head coach based on a quarterback. Sean McDermott's done okay, defensive coordinator in Buffalo. The key is you got to get a good offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. good quarterback coach, good play caller. And then people say, but if you do that, you're going to lose that guy to a head coaching job. Great. That means you're playing really well if you're going to lose him to a head coaching job. I was thinking over the weekend when I was watching games, and especially when I watched Miami uh, blow that game yesterday, all the coaches who were here under Gary Kubiak are head coaches in the NFL. And D'Amico Ryans is going to be next. Even though D'Amico's only been assistant coach five years and a coordinator for two years, he's got the best defense in the NFL. Everybody keeps talking about Brock Purdy, and rightfully so. But the 49ers' defense is even better under D'Amico than it was under Robert Sala. And, you know, I watched Matt LaFleur and Mike McDaniel. I remember when they were just snot-nosed, quality control guys. Robert Sala... His big deal is after every game when the media was standing outside the locker room waiting for security to open the door, Robert would come out, he would look left, he would look right, and then he would leave and head toward the parking lot. And nobody ever, they might nod to him, 
Most people didn't know how to pronounce his name, and he was here for six years. Yeah, he was here one year under Capers, and Kupiak kept him. and And I always knew Kyle Shanahan was going to be a head coach. He used to talk to him about it. We did stories on him being going to be a head coach, and he might hire his dad as a quarterback coach. And there was some really good coaches on that staff. And if they do make a change, they need to find one. And when McDaniel got hired by the Dolphins, I'm thinking, you know, Mike looks kind of like a history teacher. He, <laughs> he just doesn't look like a coach. And other than the losing streak, he's done a really good job. And and uh, so if you're going to make a change, you better make damn sure you get the right guy. And one thing we know, the McNairs never let money be an issue. They're, they paid three GMs. They're still paying three GMs. They've been paying three GMs since 2017 when Rick Smith resigned. Yeah. And O'Brien, of course, getting paid for both. Brian Gain had just signed a five-year contract. So they've, they've paid a lot of money for people. And so whoever they are, money is not going to be an issue. No, they're also paying Cully, too. <laughs> He's John McClain, presented by Horn Solutions. Sean Bajani in for Payne and Pendergast. You know, one real quick note on Salah. I always appreciated him. I had to enter, enter um, engineer the uh, Gary Kubiak show back in the day, and I'd fall asleep in the break room down the hall, and Sala would always be the one to come by and wake me up. So, <laughs> I, never, I do appreciate never him. never had any idea Robert Sala would go on to be a head coach. He's doing a really good job. He's got big-time quarterback issues. And Speaking of that and all these quarterbacks the Texans are going to have a choice of, yeah. I just saw a list of like the last five GMs for the Jets and drafting quarterbacks high. And right now, Sam Darnold's playing really well for Carolina. You got If you draft a franchise quarterback and he bombs out, it's not necessarily because of him. It's because of you, the coaching, the terminology, the teammates. It's like Zach Wilson may go somewhere else and play for a better coach and be really good. Yeah, it can happen. There's no doubt about that. It only took about six or seven years for Geno Smith to kind of figure some stuff out, right? 713-572-468. If you'd like to be a part of the show, you can call or text the trailer wheel and frame text line. Coming up next, we'll take a trip around the NFL. The killer bees, the Bills, Baker, and Brady. And an old thorn in the side of the Texans helped the boys this weekend. That's next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Happy Holidays, Houston. It's a Reaction Monday on Sports Radio 610. In for Payne and Pendergast, here's Sports Radio 610.com's Sean Bajani and our senior Texans columnist, John McClain. 
Welcome back in at Sports Radio 610. I'm Sean Bajani. He is the General John McClain, presented by Horn Solutions. In for Payne and Pendergast this morning. We'll be here tomorrow with you. We've got you till 8 o'clock today, leading you into Texans Radio. John McClain, you can catch him there as well with Mark Vandermeer. Always a good listen. We are going to take a trip around the NFL this segment, John, because we mentioned there's a lot of drama building over the course of the next uh, couple of weeks. And I want to focus on the Bills getting their third consecutive division title with the 35-13 win over the Bears on Saturday. Their third straight North title after a 23-year drought. Did you see the quote from Ed Oliver, former Westfield High School product and former Cougar? What did he say? I love it, man. He said, uh, let's see, quote, I ain't trying to think too far ahead, but I think there's more out there for sure. Last couple of years we came up short, but I definitely think there's more out there. There's more hats. There's more shirts. There's bigger things out there, but this was definitely the stepping stone. If you don't get this, you can't get that. I love that from Ed Oliver. If you don't get this, you know, if you don't get this, you can't get that. Yeah. Now, they got it. They have they're tied with the Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs, so they have to add that tiebreaker. They play at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati is let's see, eleven and two over the last thirteen. And they almost blew the New England game. Ramadre Stevenson fumbled, I think, at the eight-yard line when they had a chance. His touchdown would have won the game. And nobody's going to feel sorry for Bill Belichick. But the Bengals are playing really well. They play the Bills on Monday night, and then they play the Ravens. And that's a bit. both those games are big. And if they win those, Kansas City could slip in and get home field advantage. But what I like about those three teams, great quarterbacks. Yes. And uh, you look at where Joe Burrow taken first overall. Josh Allen was like, what, fifth, sixth, seventh, somewhere in there in that vicinity. Mahomes, of course, Andy Reid traded up into the first round to get him. And in the NFC, if you think about it, like, do you believe in the Vikings? 11 one-score victories. I was going to ask you that. 11 one-score victories, and they just had all kinds of trouble with the Giants who drove on them late, and they had to drive themselves and just get the field goal. I was going to ask you, is do you look at that as, like, worrisome or kind of, you know, like a positive for them, that they're able to kind of eke those close games out and do what it takes to win? Sean, it says a lot about them that they're able to pull them out, but their defense is not good. Mm-hmm. And when you play in the playoffs, if you can't keep Daniel Jones from racking up yards against you, how are you going to do it when yeah. you've got better quarterbacks? Now, if you look at the NFC, um, you know, the biggest story, success story is Brock Purdy. He's, th- what, 3-0 and now? I saw a stat that was him and Dan Marino. Then I saw another one with Sid Dan Marino and another Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. And I watched him at Iowa State. It seemed like he was there for eight years. He played Baylor every year, so I saw every play. And I never thought anything about him other than the fact he might make a practice squad and eventually be third team, might be a better tight end. What a great job Kyle Shanahan is doing coaching him. And then there's Minnesota. Philadelphia is clearly number one. Gardner Minshew played about as well as he could play. You know, it wasn't his fault that they, the Cowboys scored 40 points. And, um, but to me, clearly, Philadelphia is number one. It looks like, barring upsets, you're going to have Philadelphia's 
balanced offense, great run, great passing game against San Francisco's great defense. And then in the AFC, between Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincinnati, my goodness, those three teams with those quarterbacks, it's just pretty unbelievable. I, I don't, my problem with Minnesota is I just don't trust Kirk Cousins. What? I know. Well, that's kind of been, yeah, I don't that's know the story of his career. Could. I don't know how you can either. I mean, I'm kind of with you, but it, it's hard when a guy is, is, is able to do what he has. You know, he's, I know he's put up the stats, but he's got his team in position and they're going to have, they're going to have their opportunity. He's going to have his opportunity to kind of, I guess, start a new legacy, if you will, because we know what his current one is, and that's a guy that just can't get it done in crunch time and when the game is on the line. So I'm, I'm kind of anxiously awaiting his next opportunity to do that. A friend of mine said, well, Kevin O'Connell is a great example of what happens when you get a great young coach, and that's what the Texans need to do. I said, wait a minute. They get Kirk Cousins, a quarterback, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, a wide receiver, Dalvin Cook at running back, it's not like he took over a bad team. Right. You know, he stepped into a tremendous situation. His offensive coordinator, Wes Phillips, son of Wade, grandson of Bums, doing a really good job as well. They both came from Sean McVay, but that was the best situation any coach stepped into. And, uh, and um, um, they're fun to watch because they have a really good offense. And I guess if you, like an offense and not much defense when they, if they play the Cowboys or they play the Eagles. Being a dome team, I got to think if they go to Philadelphia in the divisional round of the championship game, they're going to have a problem. It's good that they're playing at Green Bay. Packers get both the last two. Boy, the Lions, I was really disappointed in the Lions. Yeah. They give up more than 300 yards rushing to the Falcons and then complain about the field. That that whining after they got their butt handed to them, I thought was uh, kind of made a bunch of babies. What happened to the ankle biter mentality? You know, like you're going to complain about how hard the field is when your head coach, you know, before the season is talking about how tough, you know, he wants his team to be. That, that was disappointing. You know, you just mentioned this. Uh, talking about the San Francisco situation, right? Best situation any coach stepped into. What about the situation that Baker Mayfield might have stepped into with Sean McVay in L.A.? Look, I know they're not going to the playoffs or anything, but that relationship seems to be working out in two out of the last three games since he became a Ram. They got a big win. He shined in that W, 51-14 to over the Broncos, in which Russell Wilson looked absolutely horrendous. The worst QBR of his career by far, not even close. First of all, on Baker Mayfield, he's not going to be a starter there next year. That'll be Matthew Stafford. And, and you know, after that debut, which was incredible, then he stunk it up the next game, and then he looked great Sunday. I go back on Russell Wilson, and I remember early in the season, Sean Payton on Fox pointing out, he said, well, if I were coaching him, this is what I would do that they did in Seattle that they're not doing there. So immediately people thought, wow, Sean Payton wants to coach Russell Wilson next year. Well, the problem is that's not a good coaching job because they don't have their ones and their twos. They got a really good defense left over from the Vic Fangio era. But, uh, you know, maybe if a great coach like Sean Payton or Sean McVay were coaching Russell Wilson, I think he'd be a lot better. 
Last year, when he came back from his injury, he ended up with like 25 touchdowns and eight interceptions, and he was good. That's Who, Wilson? I, yeah, yeah, he was 25-6 and six last year, touchdown-interception ratio. And it yeah. just looks to me like they have done a terrible coaching job trying to force him to fit their system instead of Hackett having his system adjusting to his strengths. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's not a lot of great offensive coaches out there but, boy, if you don't have one who knows how to maximize the strengths and minimize the weaknesses of a quarterback, you're just spinning your wheels. You know, and getting back to McVay and, and Mayfield and how he's been able to go there and perform as well as he has, you know, lead that game-winning drive in his first two days, you know, in the system. Amazing. And then played as he as well as he did this weekend, 24-28, 230 yards, two touchdowns, his completion rate of nearly 86% was the second highest in a game of his career you know, all right, maybe he didn't have a future in L.A. with the Rams if Stafford comes back and is healthy and does his thing. I feel like if he continues to play well under McVay, the argument that you're kind of making for Peyton maybe reinvigorating Russell Wilson's career, maybe there's a coach out there that is in-house and owner sees like, hey, you know, what could he do for Baker Mayfield here? You better know how to coach him. You better do what McVay's doing. You better be ready to play the West Coast system. You got to have a good offensive coordinator and a good play caller. And another thing, you know, Mayfield was a pain in the ass at Cleveland. People didn't like him. Mm-hmm. Media didn't like him. A lot of the players didn't like him. And he's been on his best behavior. You haven't seen any kind of controversy with him because he and his agent have know that, you know, the third time – his next team's going to be his fourth team. Yeah, he don't have the room to make up. Uh, he does. He better not out. give him a reason, <laughs> other than football, to not be interested in him. But boy, you know, Cleveland gave up on him, even though he did help them beat Pittsburgh and mm-hmm. win the division, and um, and then Carolina gave up on him for Sam Darnold, and that's worked out well. But I would think that he knows his next stop should be his last. John McClain, presented by Horn Solutions. Sean Bajani in for Payne and Pendergast. If you'd like to uh, join the show, you could text in as well, 713-572-4610, uh, or text in at the Trailer Wheel and Frame text line. Tom Brady did it again. <laughs> uh, Bucks beat the Cardinals 19-16 in overtime. The Bucks maintained control of the NFC South, overcame a 10-point deficit in the fourth quarter last night to beat the Cards, effectively eliminating the Cardinals, by the way, from playoff contention. But Brady... 32 of 48, John, 281 yards, a touchdown, two picks. That final drive, 6 of 6, and uh, setting up uh, Ryan Suckups. I believe it was his fourth field goal of the game, a uh, 34-yard attempt. What would you think of that And Bucks and Brady kind of hanging on by the hairs of their chinny-chin-chin? Do they hang on to that division? That's it. Yes, they will, and you're exactly right. You know, he wasn't real good. He's going against Trace McSorley, a third-team quarterback of the Cardinals. (laughs) And, you know, they lose Kyler Murray. They lost uh, McCoy with a concussion. Mm-hmm. I believe he's got a concussion. He's out for a while. And uh, I've been watching the hard knocks during the season because I wanted to see Watt and Hopkins. Yeah. And I'm seeing a lot about Colt McCoy, who, you know, his dad's a coach. He just sounds like in meetings and practice, if he wants to be a coach, he can go right into the profession. But then here's McSorley. He's not – 
Yeah, he's okay, and they don't have a running game. It's amazing to me. God, he wasn't they okay throwing to D Hop last to, night. Oh, My God, Hopkins, I think had one catch for four yards. Yeah, and it took it. It was late. It would have been the first time he hadn't had a catch in 145 games to start his career. He's up there. I think he's like number three all time. Most uh, what most games with a catch. They threw a couple of crazy passes to him that that he was double covered, just hoping for a miracle. But I, the Buccaneers should have won that game decisively. And I used to think nobody wants to play Brady in the playoffs. Now, to me, I'd want to play Brady and the Bucks in the playoffs because they're just, they're just, as you said, hanging on by their chinny-chin-chin. Yeah, and I don't know. <laughs> Brady's just – without Brady, I wonder what they would look like because he's in, in, engineered a number of those drives this season and kind of kept them alive. I wonder, to too – they're saying he'll play for another team. Would you want Tom Brady at 46 years old if you're trying to build? He wouldn't go no, where he's building. No. He'd go where, somewhere where the talent was good. And I'm guessing with Bruce Arians gone, he's not going back to Tampa, although nobody realizes. And then somebody said, well, 49ers wanted him before. Well, why would the 49ers want him if Brock Purdy continues to improve? I, Who would be a good team for him? Well, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast last week. He had Seth Wickersham on, and they were talking about Brady, Belichick up in New England, if there could be a reunion there. Um, And they both didn't really try to make an argument for it. They're just kind of throwing it up against the wall and seeing if it sticks. But Bill Simmons kind of seemed to start to talk himself into it. I can't really see a reason why you would do that at that point in time. They seem to think that Brady would need some luring like a play caller to do it, they actually brought up Bill O'Brien's name. Does Bill O'Brien go to New England and call the offense and get Brady back up there for a reunion? There's a lot of people think that Bill made a two-year commitment to Nick Saban mm-hmm. and that he's going to go to New England, and that's why New England already knows it, and that's why they've done what they've done, letting a defensive coordinator call plays and a special teams coach, coach quarterbacks. It's so un. Bill Belichick-like, and it's clear to everyone, Mac Jones has not made the kind of improvement in his second year that you would hope that he did, but mm-hmm. how could you realistically hope for that if you don't have him a legitimate coordinator and play caller? So um, I don't see I don't see them bringing Brady back. I don't see them giving up on Mac Jones. He played really well Sunday. It wasn't his fault that Stevenson fumbled when they were about score the winning touchdown. Yeah, and I like Mac. I'm kind of I'm a fan of his. I want to see him do well. And I hold it against the coaches, just like I hold I hold Davis Mills' regression against Pep Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I don't hold it against Mills because Mills still works hard. He's got decent players around him. He had a good running back, but he's had this serious regression from his last five games, in which we see flashes. And to me, Brady. He would, um, you know, what if uh, Arizona, if they thought um, Kyler Murray and I might be ready a lot October, would they be interested for him a year? And I can't imagine he'd want to go somewhere for a year. Yeah. So maybe he stays in Tampa, but uh, there's not going to be a big market. You haven't mentioned him walking away at this season. You're talking about where he might go. $37 million a year waiting for him from Fox. But, uh, you know, he has told people, he wants to keep playing. Once he got his divorce, there were no more questions. Well, I might and I might not. 
it was pretty clear that the problems with the divorce ran deep because they got it so quick based on when we knew they had issues yeah. that it was it, it was much deeper than him merely coming back out of retirement. I don't I haven't seen any indication. Makes me think he's going to walk away. John, I want to ask you about this uh, before we get out of this segment. You know, the Steelers uh, honored Franco Harris this past weekend. Steelers rallied past the Raiders. I, I thought just some of the ironies in this game. Obviously, Harris passed away last Wednesday at the age of 72. But, I mean, what a fantastic night. And just the, the storyline here, the Raiders lose to the Steelers. 50 years ago on the Franco Harris Immaculate Reception, and then 50 years after the fact, there's another rookie, George Pickens, who scores the game-winning touchdown for the Steelers. Just kind of a phenomenal storyline. What did you think of that game? What did you think of the evening, the jersey retirement, the whole bit? I was so angry at the NFL Network because they went to commercials and didn't show it. Mm-hmm. So I had to watch it online and on the highlight shows. And they'd been bumping it up all week, all day. And I thought, I told Carol, you need to come in here and watch this. So she came in, we're watching, and all of a sudden, boom, they go to a commercial. Then they didn't come back and say anything, and they still, as far as I know, have not commented on it. And I thought it was terrible on the part of the NFL Network. They're supposed to be the NFL Network, and they just just blew it off. And, And I was glad to see the Steelers win the game. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing record. Kenny Pickett's getting better. Pickens is going to be a big-time weapon. I've been to Pittsburgh so many times when it was snowing like that. Playoff games, physical, regular season games. That's the way Franco Harris would want the tribute to him played against the Raiders in in the weather like that. He was doing interviews the day before he died. I'm guessing he died of a heart attack. I don't know if they've said no that i haven't seen anything he yet. was out at uh, uh brooke Pryor covers him for up there she was at the airport at his statue interviewing him and with his wife and fans coming up and a day later he's dead did you see what Irvin had said about that whole scenario how no. uh, how harris uh apparently i guess he'd talked to the family and you know he'd come in and said man i'm exhausted sat down the wife went to go brush her teeth came back and he'd passed away in the chair it was just kind of a, a thing you know so i we haven't heard as far as i know and i checked this morning an explanation in terms of like cause of death but uh i'll be interested in that sure sounds like a heart attack yeah 100 percent. franco Harris played a major yeah. role in robert brazil getting in the hall of fame dr doom oh really because when i was presenting robert uh i saw franco and canton talked to him extensively i looked up how many games he played against robert mm-hmm. and uh and he spoke – He Franco carried a lot of weight. And he said great things about why he should be, not that he just should. He, like, detailed why. And when I was using the presentation to others on the seniors committee, I talked about what Franco said. And I told Robert, I said, one of the reasons you're in the Hall of Fame, two players were great about you, Lawrence Taylor and Franco Harris. It's hard to do much better than that. <laughs> He's John McClain, presented by Horn Solutions. Sean Bajanian for Pain and Pendergast. Uh, coming up next, as we roll into the 7 o'clock hour, what does a win like Saturday's over the Titans do for the Texans going forward? That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 